idea. This guy's going to lob a canister of tear gas and it's going to go right inside. Here he goes. This film does introduce itself as a cartoon with Big Head eating the grate up front. So we kind of suspension is disbelieved. The, yeah, eating the fence. And that was fake, by the way. And you can tell because the gray spray paint ends up on Big Head's tongue. Right. But it does set the tone of this movie that, you know, yeah. no one's really going to get hurt. And I wonder you do, what it was made of. Yeah, it looks like licorice or something like that. It's Definitely yeah, spray paint. Yeah. Chaplin Shoe, Charlie Chaplin Shoe in the Gold Rush. Yeah, yeah, it was that fabric. The effects are good in this movie. The zombies are very uh, fun. Yeah, they are effective. And this is the early eight. days of punk rockers, I guess. And it's funny if you look at the cycle of like a lot of girls have that kind of makeup now. I'm looking at the punk faces. Girls like to dress up like that now as much as the guys. With the blue the streak of hair. Yeah, all that stuff on their face. Yeah, two color hair, stuff on their lips. Yeah. I love how Ron is, you know, he's oh, he a cigar too. Film. He grips that cigar the entire time. Yeah. Right, so that, I guess they have to go to jail for this uh, issue. Smart. You have been seriously hurt in there. Not a chance. They were going to pass their candies. <laughs> 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 okay. Now here's Jocko. And as you know, Sparkle lured him and John, and now they're zombies because they drank Buzz Cola. Right. Now, in this scene, Tom Villard, or a scene that's coming up, is going to freak out. And when they were shooting it, Eric Stoltz, I mean, they were really scared, and Jeff were really scared that he was going to hit them and hurt them. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm laughing at the scene because they say, why don't you get something to eat? And there's like a, a stalk of celery just hanging out there. And he goes straight for the motor oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom had that funny way of walking like a zombie. Nobody else could do it like him. He had like shaky walk. Nobody else could zombie walk like him. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've seen him in One Crazy Summer. We got it made and a lot of other stuff. And Yeah, uh, he, we've got it made, right? That show that flopped. But I, I watched it because of Tom. He yeah, me good. too. He deserved better. He, he left us much too soon. Now, he was in Greece too, and I think you were in that as well. I was in Greece too, barely. I'm still trying to think where was Tom in Greece too? What did he play? My friend Stevie said he was in that, and I don't know where he was. What did he play? I don't know. I only know from IMDb credits that he was in that. My wife probably knows. And he is a Star Trek connection, Mike. He was in Deep Space Nine. Okay. Tom Villard. Oh, wow. It was a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now we're having a delivery of Bud's Cola, and mm -hmm. we will have. Look how young you are, Eddie. Look at uh, that. Great fashion. Yeah. Young stud. Yeah, you got the, the handcuffs on the side and the suspenders. Yeah. yeah. Now, Eddie, I understand that you graduated high school and went straight to Hollywood. Tell yes, us your motivation. I came out the next day. I wanted to be a comedian. Well, I worked at my dad's jewelry store. I had worked there, and I fell asleep in the display window. And dad fired me, so I couldn't do that. Dad offered to buy me a Dairy Queen franchise there, and I didn't want to run a Dairy Queen. So dad said, tell you what, I'll give you $400 a month. This is 1975, remember? Yeah. He goes, I'll send you $400 a month. You can live on that. Try making it in Hollywood. So he'd send me $400 a month, and I got greased within two years. I lucked out. In Terrific. those days, yes. four, yeah, 400 was enough in those days. My rent, I think, was 125 a month. And the rest wow. bought me food, you know, and in, 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 in those years, I would pay. Nowadays, you know, $400, you, you'll survive for like a week on that if you're lucky. 
I think with inflation, $400 is like $4,000, $5,000 now. Yeah, exactly. My dad was a very generous man. Well, I guess he had a little bit of money if he's throwing around Dairy Queen franchises and $400 yeah. checks. He was a great businessman. That's great. We didn't get on that great. You know, we had a lot of fights and all, but he was, when it came down to it, he was a really good father. I should have been a better son to him. I wish was better, I was a better son. We all have that wish, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Hindsight is perfect. Okay. Yeah. Now, Linda is a nerdy girl from high school, right. but Menlo or Bunny has figured out how to give her like a beautification machine. And this yeah. is what keeps her pretty. And this is why she must be uh, on board with him and yeah. helping him so that she doesn't revert back to nerdism. Making, yeah, making that knockout a nerd. Is, it's amazing metamorphosis, isn't it? This is a jarring image. Brainchild in uh, one weekend of painkillers. He came up yeah. with all of this. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a jarring image. Just, putting the, putting the... Trivia I never knew. That's interesting. What did Randall do? Now, did Randall work after this movie? Yes. And as a matter of fact, this movie was a bit of an embarrassment. And he would be in some, you know, like somebody's office. And when they find out that he did surf too, lots of times that was it. The interview was over. His agent hated oh. it. His yes. agent said, this is the worst piece of shit I've ever read, uh -huh. you know, because he was writing family things. He had never done a comedy. He was right. writing dramas. Right. You know? Interesting. Now, this is another great moment in this scene. Like, I would never expect to see this in a movie. They're kind of reenacting, I guess, like the Mark Twain frog story, but they well, have the chariots um, of fire music. Right. Chariots oh, yeah, they of fire. Frog or something? Yeah, they're racing frogs. Yeah. And they, and they have this fake chariot oh, yeah. of fire. Music. Chariot of fire. Yeah, chariots of fire. <clears throat> Which was on everybody's mind because it was late 70s. What was it? 78, 79? Oh, 83. Right. Super on people's mind. Now, could chariots of fire suit us for plagiarism? Can they do that? Or, or do you have license to steal like that? You, they probably not every note. Not every the, note. Right. No, they didn't. You, you can take the song and then change a note or two and get away with it. And that's Oh, is that how they do it? Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. That, put down that beaker, Borker, or... Yeah. What was the line? Yeah, right, right, right. Put down that Booker Beaker, yeah. Yeah. Not too labored. Look how well-dressed Cleavon is in all this scene, you know. Yeah, he's great. What a, what a wonderful, nice man. Now, Peter Isaacson was a wonderful comedic actor. He ended up becoming oh, yeah. a producer. After mm -hmm. CPO Sharky, he just sort of wasn't in front of the camera anymore. Yeah, he wasn't. Peter is a great dear friend. He's wonderful. We did a Magnum PI the year before this, and I he was just the sweetest yeah. guy in the world. Now he just I asked him about that. He just said he never liked acting. He never wanted the attention. Like we're we're pretty much egomaniacs. You know, an actor is you know look at me, an actress look at me, look at me. Peter was never yeah. that way. He like he was much happier behind the camera. He just didn't have the ego for it. Yeah, yeah. And it's too bad because he was so funny. He nails it. He nails it when you know, he addresses get up. the audience. That scene on the beach, get down, get up. Yes. You know, that, where he goes, yeah. get up. I thought that was hilarious. I always laugh at that one. And when he does the aut autopsy on the surfer, it's yeah. hilarious. And it's, yeah. I still think him on the skateboard. He's yeah. going to introduce these movies uh, by skateboarding up on stage and then like uh -huh. hopping off the skateboard and walking to the dais. It's really right. funny, like just very graceful. 
And this scene yeah. too is great. I mean, we've already seen the surfer blow his nose on the uh, bed sheet, and uh, you can see Cleveland just gonna faint. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Down he goes. Now, you know, one thing I should mention, this has a, a 60s, 80s, and a 50s vibe. And I feel like this this yeah. music, it seems like what they would have on the Gleason show or something. You're right, these commercials. Or yeah. in Greece, you know, we have that. You know, Greece, we have the commercial on TV, brush up, brush up, brush up. The 50s commercials. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, look. I love the way that the director says, okay, we did our bit in which it's a split screen. So let's just break reality. Yeah, exactly. He was, Randall, Randall was actually a good director. I think he was really good. He's one of the better directors I've worked with. I personally loved working for him. I thought he was really good. Well, from what I understand is he would let you do your thing. He had no yeah. issue with how you were... But he wouldn't rein you in or tell you right. to play it up more. That's how I like directors. I worked for a turkey called Richard Fleischer, the worst director I ever did. And every time I tried to contribute something, oh, no, he was a crabby old curmudgeon. Every mm. time, hey, can I do, I don't know, anywhere, just this old grouch. Randall was the opposite. He was very giving. Anything I suggested, he tried. Now, if he didn't like it, we wouldn't do it. But he gave me free reign. You're right. You let me try anything I wanted. He was a really great comedy director. I loved him. Now, Mike, we saw Ruth Buzzy last year in Bad Guys, that wrestling film. A wrestling movie, which was also like 86. So she definitely uh -huh. had a career going after in the 80s. Yeah. I, yes. I know. Um, what was the movie with Alan Arkin, uh, Carol Burnett, where it was like he was sleeping in the Transbay Terminal of San Francisco and Ruth Buzzy was like kind of a, uh, I don't know, she was part of a gang that was against him. Choo choo something I, I I forget, but I've seen Ruth in a lot of Buzzy in a lot of films after. after I think her legacy got away from me. Yeah, her legacy will always be laughing. Of course, she'll always laughing. be tired. Yes. It's like no yeah. matter what I do, I'll always be tied to Greece, no matter what. But her legacy will be laughing. She now they are anxiety. they are real life scared of him right now. Tom Ballard apparently is the nicest guy, but yeah. the, you know somebody said definitely slamming. Yeah, freaked out slam danced. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because he's going to slam his head through the wall and then continue climbing out, even though there was yeah. no reason to do so. Uh, that wasn't scripted. Him hitting his head through the wall was scripted, and you can see that great um, uh, smoke machine that's coming yeah, up. Yeah, kind of great. Of him right. crawling through the wall. It that keeps was all going. Him. Yeah, it's really yeah. fun. Oh, here comes our wall. Here it comes. Boom. You Boom. See the smoke that's all you need. Up. That's all you need. And then he keeps going. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Did he pass away of AIDS? Is that right? Well, it was the answer is yes. It was pneumonia, uh -huh. but I mean, you know, there's no immune system, and right. so the pneumonia okay. took him. Yeah, no. sadly, it's, I've had I've worked with so many actors who who passed away of AIDS. It's so sad. Okay, so here we go, Mike. Your scene in which my he's favorite scene. There. Right up there. Look at that. How graceful is that? Oh yeah. Now the audience hates him because he's an uncool teacher. Uh-huh. Yeah, is there like any breath? Like, don't they like not see the teacher at night? It's it's the high they school. They don't get a break. They don't get a break. <laughs> see Cleavon sitting there. We hardly notice him. Right. In a magazine, yeah. Now Eddie's about to walk in in great cowboy boots and stuff, but right, Linda is really dressed up. This really. is where I put my legs up on the table, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well. 
there was a scene we'll see a scene where someone lights a dog do do bag and you you crush it in your boots right now. and then yeah <laughs> but right. you'll see somebody really concerned in the crowd trying to put the fire out after the scene oh really oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. interesting well it must you smell like good eye, Mike. yeah well it's weird because it, technically if shit did burn in a theater people would probably leave the theater it right. is dangerous. yeah so it's a cartoon movie yeah. Oh, yeah, and the now film burns up. Yeah. I love this scene because we're watching a movie, watching the, uh, people watch a movie. So mm -hmm. we get to see ourselves right. kind of in it. Until well, the punk see the what's, film. What's the recent film we saw? Did you see the one that came up with Sharon Tate? That Sharon Tate in the film? It was yeah, a right. movie. And she's, she's watching, watching the Wrecking Crew. Yeah. And this is she's like me there. watching that. Yeah, it's like me. Yeah. It's like the Sharon Tate text. Same thing. Didn't she put her feet up on the seat too? Same thing. Oh, sure. Bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> they stole it you from think Surf too. Tarantino took this from Surf too. That's right. Yeah. You know, knowing Tarantino, he probably saw Surf too. I wouldn't be surprised. He loves weird esoteric films. Yeah. Oh, sure. And this that. is such a Southern California film too. I mean, yeah. It's a commentary on these surf movies. You know, I had a friend that used to host these films, like Warren Thomas or whatever the guy's name was, and mm -hmm. they would just show clips of surfboarding for right. you know endless, endless summer type of film. Now, who's yeah. that Hollywood? Is it Elvira? That's the vibe I get off of her. Oh uh, yeah, right. I could see that. And a little Liquid Sky, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Liquid Sky. I don't know if right. you know that movie, Eddie. Uh, look at that great cowboy hat, man. Okay, so yeah. here we go. He likes the dookie. <laughs> Oh no! Your, your poor boots. Yeah. The only time in my life I ever wore cowboy boots. <laughs> I see this fire right there. This guy's going to put it out. He, he can't take it. Right next to Johnny Bighead, who is doing Belushi's uh, Bluto. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny, this whole movie, not that we're going to see it because it's going to burn up, but the whole movie is right. just shots of surfing. Yeah, yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. What has Josh been doing over the years? Can you tell me I loved him? Yeah. Let me Did he work after this movie? Um, I'm going to tell you in a minute. I want you to know that um, Sparkle is trying to warn everybody about Buzz Cola, uh -huh. but uh, Menlo Bunny keeps shutting him down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not, and the gremlins do this too. I, I think around this time they eat the film. Yeah, I love it. Okay, Johnny Bighead, Joshua Camp Cadman. Uh, Josh Cadman, right? Do too much. He was in an episode of Quantum Leap in '89, and that was his last credit. Uh -huh. He was in The Sure Thing in 85, going all the way in 81, so that's mm -hmm. earlier. Okay. Um, they, do, they do have him on the video, on the DVD, the, the Blu-ray of uh, the uh, recent reissue where the, he talks mm -hmm. in the making of, and he, okay. he gives his okay. regards, but he, he doesn't, okay. he, yeah. I love this scene. What a great horror movie scene. Like, you, you have a romantic dinner with zombies serving food to her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what girl could resist this? Was that? Yeah. What girl could resist this? Yeah. Now, one of the zombies is like drinking their wine. Yeah, they break the bottle and drink it. Yeah. I think I saw a recent movie where it was very similar that there was like kind of a mad scientist who created a romantic scene, but it was just 
out of just pure horror behind. That's interesting. Who knows? Everybody's stealing from Surf too, apparently. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> we agree. I would love to really, though, I've always wanted to ask the Simpsons writers if they got Buzz Cola from that as a little homage. I, the first time I saw it was like about 30 years ago, and I've always wondered about it. Yeah, because they I'll did a lot of, a lot of their bits are homages, homages that are now like part of their canon. Like the phone calls that Mo got were based on these calls from the two bar in, in right. Jersey City. And right. then there's like, even the dough is a reference to some guy in the 30s. So the references yeah, with, become uh, what's his their moneymaker. James Finlayson, yeah, and the Laurel and Hardy yeah. band. Yeah. But he doesn't get yeah. any money off of it. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and they make a profit off it. Oh, this is right. a crazy scene right here. This is this is the scene where I was watching this and I just couldn't believe it was happening. Well, it's not camera tricks. They are really going to turn this into a convertible mm -hmm. right now with a chainsaw. Yeah. Oh, they're going to cut through it, really? They yeah, it's crazy. It. Yeah. Now, this director never saw joysticks, never even heard of it. And it so goes with this film. Uh-huh. Joysticks was before this? Around the same time, I think. Okay, yeah, I remember joysticks coming out. Joy. I have it right here. Somewhere. Oh, here, I'm going to have to play the line. 1983. Joysticks was 1983. This is... What convertible? Mom, we're taking the convertible out. Yeah, the soundtrack is great. Like it's interesting watching the videos because the original movie had Dick, uh, the Untouchables perform, and in this version, Dick Dale plays. Yeah, you Dick see Dale. F. You see the F. Yeah, now, adding the F in there. Dick Dale was cut from this. Version. Oh, it was cut, and then the, the Untouchables. He's in now. Did you meet Dick Dale? Eddie? No, I never. I never remember meeting him. No, not now. This guy was. The father of surf music. He did right? all that stuff with reverb. He had like Arabic scales, you know. Interesting. And he was a big, big deal. No, I, I didn't know that. Now, Carol was all about the Tonight Show. She was a recurring character on yes. Johnny Carson. Yeah, the tea party girl, the tea, right. tea time lady. Tea time lady. This is a very a fun fight that they're having. She did, she did a Bewitched episode. She was a very famous actress in the 60s and 70s. She did a yes. lot of TV. Yes. There's a girl. Here's another question. There's a girl on Playboy called Nina Wayne. Is that Carol's sister? She looks just like her. Um, yes. Nina yeah. was her sister. And okay. they started, they were um, like ice capades kind of people. They were skaters together. Uh -huh. And they were in some films and such together. But Carol Carol got onto The Tonight Show, and that led to many other things. But Nina, now, Carol was in Playboy. Lyle Wagner was in Playgirl. Uh -huh. I think some um Linda was in Playboy. Mm -hmm. And there's one other who was in Playgirl. Uh, it might Wagner. have been the dad. Lyle Wagner. Lyle Wagner. Lyle Wagner, yeah. yeah. Playgirl, but there's another one of the dads who was as well. Well, really, median one. Oh, oh, how funny! You mean Morgan Paul or the other guy? The comedian with the mustache. Yes, it's the um, guy. yeah, yeah. Biff Menard. Biff Maynard. Yeah, Biff Maynard. Maynard. Yeah. Maynard. Uh -huh. Now it's really interesting. His birth and death both have mystery. 
There's like he was either born in 39 or 43. He's got like mm-hmm. duplicate paperwork. Uh-huh. And his death, he was sick for a long time, but nobody knows how he died. What his was the sickness he had. He mm-hmm. died in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. This is, uh, this is entertainment. Can I tell you a, a true fact? I don't, I don't want to bring your thing down. But I, I was going to say, I wasn't going to mention this, but since he's dead, I guess it doesn't matter. But he was uh, in real life a racist. I never, like I haven't worked with a racist. He was the most racist man I ever met. We w- I was with, this, I worked with him one day, okay, and there was an African-American secretary. And he said, I'm going to rub your head for luck. And he's literally, I was like cringing. I wanted to build wow. him. But he was saying this stuff. He was, I mean, you hear the term thrown around, racist, racist. But he was a real life race. He must have been raised ignorantly. But as wow. far as me, he was a nice guy. But he was a very ignorant man. Now, in the scene in which they're in the town council, and right. you're underneath the table hiding, right. apparently, uh, he, Mannard wanted to fight with Cleavon. There was going to be a, they were going to have a fight. Yeah, it's mentioned in the commentary. Now I'm thinking he's African-American. Maybe that was. Might be. Maybe it had something to do with it. I would say he was the only racist I've ever worked with in like 20 odd films all my career. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Okay, so now we're going to get our gross out scene in which they eat a lot, bunch of disgusting stuff. And yeah. Yeah. A boom mic. A boom mic yes. is visible. Oh, even worse. Oh, is that right? <laughs> The, the gross outs we could handle, but the boom mic was too much. Yeah, that <laughs> right. the top. When we watched the both versions, the theatrical cut and the uh, director's cut, they added mm-hmm. even more gross stuff to the gross out scenes. Like really, yeah. So the uh, the our uh, asparagus is going to have bird shit on his sandwich, which he's going to eat. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what grossed me? I remember this is later in the movie, but I remember the scene where they're having sandwiches at the end. You know. And Ruth, we're on the beach. Ruth Buzzy eats a mayonnaise sandwich. She really eat yeah. that. She really ate it. I almost threw up. I, it made me <laughs> nauseous. But she, I saw she put the mayonnaise on it. She took a big bite of the sandwich. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a favorite scene because of your hats. Yeah. The hats you wear in this movie. That was my real hat. I was my real yeah. hat I had. I'd use it as a gag. and I brought it in this set and Randall let me use it. Oh, now, sure. you have the producer Porky's kind of boob smack there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Now, the original footage with everyone dancing in the cast and then this added on footage, it's mixed in in the same scene and they kind of have a different feeling. Interesting. Even the, even the sunlight hitting them, it's from right. a different, different angle. You know? yeah. Right. Oh, so there's the untouchables. That's the untouchables, right. And they mentioned there's a guy from the Southern California dance uh, punk scene that dances in this movie that they, they talked a lot about. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So they were really a group. There was a group called the Untouchables. Sure, they're actually in Repo Man, the movie too. Okay, uh, as well. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm so not into that scene. Okay. Yeah, it was like the the ska scene of the uh-huh. Southern California early '80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and he really goes for it, Tom Ballard, in this movie in this scene. Yeah, he chews up the scenery literally, doesn't he? Literally. This is the part of the movie where I, I regret telling people they should see this movie because you have yeah. that duplex scene, it's so clever, so well done, and then he breaks yeah. the the window, and then you have this scene, and it's like yeah. I still have to endorse this movie. And then they added this part where he's yeah. gross and yeah. titties. You're right. Why mess with it? Yeah. Yeah. Now this is all 
not really gross stuff. It's like baked goods in the form of a starfish and mm -hmm. uh, gummy worms kind of stuff. Yes. Okay, well, I could get, I could deal with that, but then watching those guys eat bird shit sandwiches is yeah. like too much. Yeah. God knows. I guess that was whipped cream, maybe. I don't know what they used. Yeah. Got their buzz money. Yeah. <laughs> now, the guy yeah. you were talking about, Mike, his name was Craig Allen Rothwell, and he was called Spaz Attack back in the punk days. Okay, yeah, so he's doing his spaz attack dance in this movie. Now, he was oh, in Ego's um, Can't Get No Satisfaction, and he did, like, five backflips in which he lands on his back. It must have hurt. Yeah, mm. it's a good song for him. Yeah, it's gross. Like, I feel so embarrassed. Like, I tell people to see this movie. Yeah. Like, Don't worry about the TNA. It's just the way it yeah. is. And then you get to this. No, scene, I, mean, like, I would be embarrassed to bring my parents to this movie or my sister. With, with the TNA and this stuff, yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the reasons why this film kind of resonated, because it it had its TNA and then more. Okay, so we get the bird shit and titties in the background in the scene. Right. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got these cool-looking punks. Yeah. Carl's you, have like, Carl's looking away. you have to balance yeah, the, the, right. the art. And it's, hard, it's a hard balance in showbiz. Yeah, like he's eating the bird shit. Yeah. I don't want to think about this. Now, um, Eddie, you talked about playing poker a lot with Eric and Josh, but that's yeah. just after the movie was done. You would go on to play poker with them. No, right? I think it was during the movie too. I think during the shoot, we do it on weekends. You know, we were uh -huh. we would hang together. They were great. Eric, Jeffrey, and and Josh were all great guys. We hang together a lot. Oh, now the one thing he doesn't want to yeah. eat. Is that one of your hats? Which is that one? It was like an umbrella. Oh, that's mine. Yes, that is mine yeah, too. Yeah. I brought that in. The umbrella and the big hat are both mine. So he doesn't drink it, big head. Don't drink it, big head. Don't drink no. it. <laughs> yeah, he can't. He'll eat all the shit on the beach. Yeah. He's kind of like our Superman at the end. He's like James Bond. He breaks into the villain's lair and, and frees everybody. Yeah. So Tom Villard wins the gross out contest. Yeah. He seems happy about it. Now, this soundtrack was never released, and Oingo Bongo wrote, yeah, yeah. wrote a song for this movie, and it's nowhere else unless you watch this movie. Is that right? I That's think it's called Hold Me Back. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's if you're cool. Oingo Boingo Completist, you have a copy of Surf yeah. 2. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, know this guy right here. Surf songs. Uh -oh. Yes, this is Spaz Attack. Wrong guy to drink it. And he will do his freak out dance. You know, this is his trademark. This was what got him onto a Devo video. But they all like his dancing. They do. So there were three Beach Boys songs. There was the Circle Jerks were in this. Thomas mm -hmm. Dolby. Um, Oingo Boingo had two songs. One you can't find anywhere else. Mexican mm -hmm. Radio by Wall of Voodoo. Yeah, oh, I love that song great soundtrack mm -hmm. 
Did the Beach Boys? So the Beach Boys might have seen Surf too. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's well, at right. least they got a yeah. check from it for sure. It's strange yeah. to hear the Beach Boys on this because it, it seems like well, a, they, a, get, right. around. they, they get, get around. They get around. Touche. Nice Very problem. good. Well, dead. Wait a minute. You two, you two have two of the Beach Boys' names. Did you realize it? Oh yeah. Mike well, I guess. Are yeah. They Beach Boys. Uh, well, I think Carl's a better name than Mike when it comes to the Beach Boys. Carl Wilson and Mike Love, yeah. I'm yeah, Mike Love. Up. I'm Eddie. <laughs> you have a pretty decent name, I think. Oh, so they abduct the girls. Did you guys not get that joke? That was hilarious. No, say What happened? What's the joke? Yeah, what happened? I thought you had a I think you have a pretty decent name. Your name oh, Menlo Schwarzer? Funny? No, no. Okay, forget it. He's I'm trying sure to rhyme decent with decent. Oh, a good decent name. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I, I would like to apologize on behalf That's of the late. podcast. You're absolved. You're absolved. Thank you. <laughs> Tell that joke halfway through the movie. <laughs> now, Eddie used no cue cards in this. No, you're right. Movie. These were the early days, and I did. And this was after War Games. War Games was when I started using them, but this I did all myself. No cue cards. Right. Nice. I thought War Games was a really good character. You're giving away our best stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't say data encryption algorithm. I just kept forgetting the line, so they gave me the cue cards. <laughs> okay, so now Sparkle is going to sort of team up with, um, with Chuck and uh, Joe, and they're yeah. going to, I don't know, like... She's got her, Sparkle's got her toe half in the water. She wants to help them, but she doesn't reveal everything until mm -hmm. the way end of this whole scene. Mm -hmm. Now, this was the very first scene they shot for this movie. It's a really long scene. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's, we, we meet all the surfers up front and half of them turn into to zombies. So these zombies, are the two right. main characters. Like, I you don't really expect it. Like, I, I thought it would be the other people. Mm-hmm. But they're yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, they're gonna kill this guy basically. They'll open him up, remove his guts, leave him there. Well, he won't die. He'll remember he's gonna drink Buzz Cola and it's gonna come out of the sutures, right? Yes, yeah, right. Now we give Randall a lot of credit for this film, but much, much, much of this film was ad libbed. And um, we're like some of the greatest things Peter says, like that's the cycle of life right there, boys. It was all <laughs> yeah. He's really funny at this. My, the only thing I remember was a little. It takes like a couple seconds. My last scene on the beach, you know, where we're on the beach, and I have that big hat that sticks out. Yeah, turn the head and smack somebody. But that was my bit. I said I'm going to do that. <laughs> that was the only thing I remember. I, I remember pretty much sticking to the script on my part because I love to ad lib and I have a hard time memorizing lines. You do stick to the script in this film. Yeah, pretty yeah. much so. That's the well, it's such a good... funny. That's funny. I guess it's Jaws. It's nice that he has the plastic uh, curtains already prepared. Mm. Now, there were plans 
Well, they were very, very loose. It was just Randall thinking about it. But there were plans for a th another a follow-up movie. It was going to be called Surf 3 3D. No. You're kidding. Well, the whole concept was these aliens crash into the ocean and in Southern California, and they kind of get hooked on surfing. Um, and they had, like, two hands... So they would walk on their hands and mm -hmm. uh, and sort of like a head, and they would disguise themselves by wearing balloon pants. You know those mm -hmm. '80s MC Hammer kind of pants. Right, right. I didn't even hear about this. I never heard of it. Well, I only heard it on the D, uh, the Blu-ray commentary mm -hmm. uh, with Randall Baddett. Oh, we nice. were, you know, of course, you know, we were the first movie in the history of motion pictures to be a two before there was a one. There was actually a Guinness Movie Records book. And Surf 2 was listed. It goes, the, the first movie ever to be listed as 2 when there was no original movie. And then later, okay. I think Bill Cosby took that gag. He had Leonard Part 6. He kind of right. had a switch on that gag. But we were the first. It is so funny how it's Surf 2, the end of the trilogy. It's yeah, exactly. For the yeah, first movie. Yeah. yeah. I used to have a poster. There was a great poster for it, I remember. A girl's legs on a surfboard. It was a great poster. I think I've seen that. It has a list of all the music on it, too. Yeah. Also, I think it's one of the two or three films I got top billing. You know, it's, I, I don't get the top billing, bro. I'm usually one of the lower ones. Do you and remember the other ones? Guy. Yeah, you're a villain in this. Oh, yeah, I'm a bad guy. You're right. You're, you're right. Yeah. Now, the good old beats now here he wakes them all up just by talking. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, he's the secret weapon in this movie because he, he just kind of hits when you don't expect it. Yeah, it's crazy that he never liked being in front of the camera because he's so funny. His he's so hilarious, funny. isn't he? Yeah. Now, this is the scene in which Sparkle will reveal everything, including her real identity. I right. forget your name. See how the, he's not dead. He got oh, autopsy, right. but he's not dead. Right. Oh, thank God. And here comes the uh, the gag, cartoon gag. Now, if that happened in my house, I would definitely put a tray underneath it so it won't hit the carpet. <laughs> you, you can't sit down without a coaster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what became of Brandis Kemp? Did she work after this? She passed away recently. Uh, How did she? Yeah. Oh, she was so nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, just Friday, a couple yeah. Friday's lasted for about two seasons, I remember. You know, it's it's actually on one of the streaming services. I think Tubi has has it. Not all, not every episode, but they do have the Andy Kaufman ones that they were known for. Oh yeah, those right. That was the big one, right? Remember? Yeah. Jack Burns came in. Yeah, they got in a fight. I remember that. But what was weird that he showed up the next season, and he, Andy Kaufman was born again with his wife, and he spent the monologue singing Christian songs, and then stopped the police from performing because the last bit had drug humor and he was a, against drugs. Oh my God. So he was still doing a routine like, and that one's not so well known, but yeah, she's great in it. And the, the show is pretty miserable usually, but yeah, it was, it was a yeah. poor man's Saturday night live. Yeah. You try now, to watch him now. The one that COVID-19 yes. um, put the period on the end of the sentence. Now she was not doing well with some brain cancer, but it was this complications from COVID-19 that did her in. Oh, that's a shame. Super nice it's lady. Yeah. yeah. So here comes the secret. 
Thank you, Mike. That's good. I was his girlfriend. Oh, that's impossible. The only girl Schwartz ever hung around with was Florinda Budnick. Yeah, <laughs> Florinda Budnick. Florinda Budnick? He's a pretty pretty nerd. Well, they show like a nerdy picture next to her legs and stockings, so it's a little contrast. Yeah, I keep going. Look this scene bird. doesn't have Yeti, so we're, we're bored. Yeah, they got. <laughs> this is the Stray Cats. Yeah, the oh, Stray Cats. I remember them. Yeah, Stray Cat Strut. Yeah, there's a lot of decades of pop culture in this movie. The 50s, yes, you're 60s, exactly right. Yeah. You know, uh, Horseshack, I guess, for the 70s. Mm hmm. Now, this was 10 years after. Okay. Now, Eddie's hiding under one of those gingham tables by the two dads. Right. And they're arguing to, to keep the beach closed until they understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So they say, like, Everybody knows Buzz Cola is what's the problem. So Eddie replaces the Buzz Cola with cola. Just uh -huh. Coke, you know? Right. And I, it's amazing to me how they go, I don't know, it's just soda. I guess it's okay. They just did mm. an autopsy on a dude. <laughs> knows it's motor oil. Yeah. So Eddie, this is the scene in which um, Banner, Mannard wanted to fight Biff wanted to fight Cleavon. Do you remember the incident? No, I honestly don't. I, I don't remember that. Uh, no, for some reason I don't. I don't know why. They okay. got into some kind of upset and they really wanted to fight. Yeah, I'm sure his racism probably had to do it. He probably said something obnoxious and Cleavon probably wanted to fight him. Something might have, you know, it might have happened earlier and it was boiling over. Right, um. right. <laughs> this is also a great scene because it takes place in the middle of the day in a pizzeria. Yeah. Yeah. kids into zombies he calls him bob's dad not by his name bob's dad. and that was his name in the script bob's uh -huh. chuck's dad and bob's dad oh how funny i always thought that was funny that poor chuck and bob has this sordid history that their their fathers are poisoning their kids turning their yeah. friends into zombies <laughs> When they're with them in the previous scene, he goes, why would they be doing it? Why would they be doing it? They go, money. He goes, yeah. oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Morgan Paul, is he still around? Uh, let me just look. He was the one who I really liked in Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, and he was in, you know, Patton. He goes back to Patton. He's a true classic. Yeah, that's right. He was um, the, the assistant guy, Captain Richard Jensen. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. 82 Blade Runner... Uh, Apple, he was in the Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again, Mike. Okay. Uh, he was in Norma Ray. With, okay, uh, so he has yeah, a good resume. That's mysterious, yeah. The Last Hard Men with Charlton Heston. Nice. Uh, I don't think I have any credit for him past the early 80s. Okay, so this might have been his last film. It could be. Okay. And this was definitely the last film of Cindy Lou. Right. Or maybe I'm saying it backwards. Um, Wendy Sue. <laughs> yeah, 
Lindy Sue. Lindy, Lindy Sue. Sue, right. It was, last, Puerto Rico. it was the last one for Carol Wayne. Yeah. Right. She passed away after this. Yeah. She yeah. also had brain cancer and she died in her 60s, early 60s. She was 61. Who is this? This is uh, Lucinda Dooley. Oh my God. That's so tragic. She was so yeah. sweet. Her first film was Spielberg's 1941. This is yeah. her last role. Oh. She got married. Oh, so she gave up acting. So I worked with her before. I worked with her in 41. Yeah. I have to say, I saw that movie just the last week, and I loved you in it. It was terrific. Oh, thank movie. you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Tomorrow is sadly we're talking about sad things. Tomorrow is the anniversary of John's passing. Wow. John Bloom. What John Bloom? Oh, is it? Well, let's talk about something nice. Yeah. Two days from now, Eddie's got a birthday. Yes. Thank you for remembering. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I turned sixty-six. Believe it or not, I did Greece uh-huh. when I was twenty. Surf two. I was like what? It. I was. I was uh, 27 when I did Surf 2, I guess. Yeah. That's great. Well, happy birthday. Thank and you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Thank sure. you, Mike. Thank you, Carl. You've got, you've got a full decade on me, and I think I'm old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is where the, the, the punks, the zombies surf. And they're right. not good surfers. Really poor mm-hmm. etiquette. They're going to push people off. Right. Now, you can see how badly done it is. The real surf scenes, that's Eric's stand-in, and then the ones they do in the studio, like this. Yeah, but you know, those beach movies with Frankie and, and uh, Annette, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, we just watched one last week. We, we just watched Beach, beach Blanca Bingo last week. You're right. It oh, I so love that fake. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we went to them all as kids. Now, I had Don, Randall, Don Rickles room. Yeah, ahead, Don Rickles was in Beach, right, beach Blanca Bingo. That's Don Rickles in it. Now, Randall didn't do it himself, but the producers of this film, there were two producers, really good people. They went to Annette Funicello and um, what's his name? Um, Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon. And they said, D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. they didn't even like stay on the phone. They're like, we're not, we're not. We're not. <laughs> no, 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 goodbye. Oh, really? Was that Bronstein? Ron Brownstein? Bronstein? Uh, the producers was yeah. George Brownstein. That's George Bronstein, right? Yeah, Hamadi. Yeah, and I worked with Frankie in uh, Greece. You know, he was a wonderful, nice guy. Uh huh. Yeah. And they brought Linda Carriage to the production. Uh They bumped into Linda Carriage on the street in Los Angeles. They were coincidentally doing a movie in which there was a Marilyn Monroe lookalike. Now, Linda had a small mini career as a Marilyn Monroe lookalike. I could see that, yeah. Now, it, that made sense that they saw her and thought, hey, she looks like Marilyn Monroe. So they cast her in this horror film, Fade to Black. Oh, my God, that was famous. Let's see here. I don't think um, I've seen it. Let's see I what music's playing. Playboy. Um... Striking resemblance to Marilyn Monroe. They offered her a part. It led to her posing as an actress for Playboy photo shoot in their December 1980 episode as Marilyn. Mm-hmm. Rampant interest from photographers, filmmakers who wanted to photograph and cast her as lookalike characters. She would appear as a Monroe double once more in Go West, Young Man, 1980. 
So I guess she's just out of the public eye. This is yeah. very funny. She's born in New South Wales, Australia. The mm-hmm. town she was born and raised in was called Wagga Wagga. Interesting. Okay. She's probably married with kids right now, I bet. I bet. And they're yeah. probably all grown. Yeah. I wonder if Wagga he shows Wagga. Wagga. Too. I think Fozzie Bear came from there, too. Is that right? My favorite Muppet. Well, I'm just making a joke because he always goes wacka wacka. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> then they beat the punks. They yeah, that's right. They win yeah. the trophy. Right. But there, we- go ahead, turn it up. He's going to give a little speech. He's trying to fully control the coast. Yeah, and he's doing it with the help of two bogus businessmen. Our fathers. Oh, Our fathers. Got some gravitas in this movie. Yeah. Now you they go against their parents. They, they got punk. Yeah. They drank the Buzz Cola. Oh, yeah, they get abducted. There's no one else on this beach? Not during filming. Now, we are deep into Act 3 here, and we're getting towards our climax. Mm-hmm. And Menlo will reveal his big plot, and it'll all get messed it's up. Like you're narrating a porn flick. That was a narrator. Now look how they're getting sucked down into. I mean, it's really just reverse footage, mm-hmm. but they're getting sucked down into uh, uh, Bunny's hideout. Right. But it always. It, it, the scene always reminds me of the monkeys. Like the monkeys always end in like this there's some kind of crazy sped up uh chasing thing right 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 yeah except there's no song right there's no now we're gonna have some of the worst now it's just my opinion it's just my opinion we're now gonna have some of the worst comedic acting we've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) and roll (laughs) them Is this hilarious? What do we think? I think it's <laughs> Give him a break. I do find these suitcases where you stick your head in kind of jarring. Well, they are going to beautify them now. Before it's too late. Too late. That's rich. It's already too late. What time is it? Oh, Eddie, do you remember her being up close to you all the time, and you could smell yeah. her? And... Yeah. By the way, that was my ad lib. That little bit of shtick was mine. Uh huh. What time is it? Oh, it's about that. Hey, never mind. I did like a double take, like a Bob Hope double take there. I threw in little things like that. I love it. I might have worked once, but not again. I used to want to be like the other kids, you know. I wanted to be a surfer. I wanted to be hip and bitchy and gnarly. But that's over now. What I wanted, what Wait, that was a mistake. Do. I should have said bitchin'. It should have been B-I-T-C-H-I-N. I said bitchy. That was a mistake by me, and they left it in. With a powerful reverse sex hormone. You know what it's like to be the only guy on the beach with tits? It's miserable. Oh, yeah. This is my drag scene, yeah. But you're not very stacked. I need falsies, don't I? <laughs> Okay, that's... Budget. okay, now Johnny yeah. Bighead will ruin everything for Menlo by simply destroying the place. I destroy anything. But it does remind me like of James Bond or even Casino Royale in the 60s where mm-hmm. they just come in and destroy everything at the end. Right. The, yeah, the monkey song will play right about now. 
Yeah, now we'd be hearing Auntie Griselda. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the worst sung song in the history of the rock era. Agree. <laughs> now, in an earlier script that Randall wrote, you know, and I, I mean earlier by like the first half a day, he was actually having the surfers murder people and kill people. Seriously. And then it was like, yeah, and he's like, this isn't funny. Yeah, that takes away, well, that takes away the comedy atmosphere. It kind of kills the atmosphere. So he abandoned that. Yeah. Good. It does have a good horror element to this comedy, though. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the zombies and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It is, yeah. It's a bit of a time capsule, right? Because this went on. We had these punks walking around like that in the 80s. Now the, the the you know secret hideout has been destroyed and they're all kind of washing ashore. Right, and with Dickhead dragging them. Now Menlo will be one of the last ones. Now mm -hmm. in Surf Three Three D, it was supposed to be that he comes out of prison, but in this film, you know Eddie's character never goes to prison. As right. a matter of friends, right? He becomes yeah. friends. I remember He's being washed up on shore, yeah. Look at I mean, him. Big head. He's, he's like James Bond. He goes in the underground lair, destroys it, saves everyone. Right. You would think in this plot that it would be Eric Stoltz, who was the hero, yeah. saving the day, but not at all. Yeah. Now, there are movie rules, and this movie breaks them all. You're right. And I don't think we notice. I think it's still... A good film. Well, yeah, he did something original. Randall did something original there. Now you really have been struggling, you're tripping and everything, but that was mm -hmm. on purpose, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to fall down, kind of like Charlie Chaplin. You know, that's the best Chaplin. Uh -huh. I'm a physical stick falling down and then tossed into the back. Yeah. Now he is going to get taken away here, but we're going to see him on the beach in a minute. Yeah. Not a, I, I mean, used to have my famous hat. Yeah. It is touching. Everyone's friends at the end. I wonder whatever became of that hat, by the way. Some lucky guy on eBay has it. Yeah. <laughs> Thing is, we'd be touching base with you to find out what happened to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, here comes Other our dads. dad. And the joke is they're womanified. Yeah. And then Fred As uh, Asparagus chases after them at the end. Yeah, and you can see that that is a tacked-on thing. It's it's not really the dads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, in respect to the producers, which I really don't want to do, they tied it in together because the extra footage met the original footage in this mm -hmm. movie. Nice camera. Minolta, remember that? Yeah. yeah. I think it's so funny today. You take a picture with your phone, and it does the sound of the 35-millimeter film advancing. Yeah. Well, they have to. It's by law. You have, to, you have to indicate someone's photographing you. Uh-huh. Mm. 
Wow, wow, look at Carol's uh, bathing suit. Yeah. Okay, we we'll get the mayonnaise. Here comes the hook. And oh, yeah, we're God. about to get the mayo. Look at that hat. He's got Twister for a shirt. Oh, there's the mayonnaise, yeah. Yeah, that's my shirt. The polka dot shirt was mine, too. <laughs> Terrific. Matching. Now, look at that peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, oh, the head. How did she eat that? This is probably one of the nicest scenes of this movie that everyone just is pals and yeah, it's a sweet yeah, thing to resolve. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, all is right with the world, and we wrap yeah. up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the girls are not zombies anymore. Right, you're right. It's kind of sweet. Yeah, and they're great in this too because they're not putting up with it. They're okay with it. They're just not putting yeah, up. Yeah, they're okay. Them. Yeah, it's not a drag. It's right. Not a drag. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> and you can hear him talk loudly. Okay, now look. You see how it's not really the two dads, but they're dressed like it. And there's a voiceover. You hear them. Yeah, you're right. Oh, so it's different people. Uh huh. And that's how it goes. And that's uh, yes, Surf 2. It was. What a joy. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Eddie, so much. Well, I really yeah. enjoyed that. That was a trip. We're, we're big fans of it. And uh, you did a great job. And we thank you so much for being part of uh, our show today. Listen, yeah, it was my movie with us. Let's, let's do another one. Find another one. Let's do it again. I, I really had a good time. Thank you so much, Carl. Thank you, Mike. All right. We'll Thank do Muggsy's Women if you're into it. Muggsy's Women. Girls. Muggsy's Girls, yeah. You remember it? You oh, remember? sure. No, Stevie and I watched it about three weeks ago. We we put it on it. it. We couldn't get through it, but it's pretty bad, but we did try to watch it. Well, Another we'll one was uh, Laser Blast. Laser Blast is a class. Laser Blast, you've seen the Mystery Science Theater, right? Yeah, Theater. yeah. Yeah. That's one of the funniest MST 3000s ever. It's hilarious. I just wrote about it yesterday on my Facebook page, in fact. Now, the other one we did of yours already on our show, which we might like to do, is the the Rosebud Beach Hotel. Yeah, where I met Peter Scolari, who I loved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's in Great there. times. And yeah, you play an alien, and at the end of it, you show your photos from your trip. Yeah. It's yeah. a really good one, too. So. Funny Boys, whatever became of them. Yeah. The Funny Boys, that's right. They're the, like the waiters or something in that. Yeah. That's right. The Bell Boys. Yeah. So did you know them from the comedy scene or? No, I, I'd never met them before Rosewood Beach Hotel. I just met them there and they were, they were very nice. Yeah. Well, very cool. Eddie, thank you so much for joining us here on LWAFLMOIT. Yes. It's been my pleasure. Have a great weekend, you guys. You too. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you, Eddie. Sure. Bye-bye. Well, we, while Eddie uh, logs off, we want to tell you you can go to Facebook. Uh, he has a, a fan page there, which he's active in, and to get more information. We'll be back next week. We'll, we're here every Sunday on Mutiny Radio. We're on the YouTube and, uh, of course, on your podcast. Next week's movie is now in the public domain. We'll be watching The Jazz Singer. The Jazz Singer, the first sound feature of this planet. Looking forward to it. So we'll catch you guys then. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week.
Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with more. Friend, I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and waves. Champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike, what's up with my hair, Spiegelman, and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, girl. What's up with your hair, girl? With my hair. I can't do anything about it. We are streaming right now on MutinyRadio.fm as we do every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time as part of a full afternoon of Sunday entertainment. We follow Found Round Sound with Scotto, and we're right before Ugly Sundays. Make an afternoon of it. If not, Carl, we have a podcast. It goes by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Go into your favorite podcast app and type in L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T and subscribe. Or just go to YouTube and type in L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and you can get our video podcast. You'll see us in person, and we sync up the movies that we watch. Because we are watching a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie today? Today we will watch... <clears throat> Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, 1927. That's a mouthful now. Sunrise, colon. Okay. A Song of the Word Two okay. Humans. And then the number, 1927. And the channel we like is AVIDS Network. A as in videos, A V I D S network. Well, you only you'll you'll see a few choices. Anything looks like AVIDS, that's it. This sounds like word salad to me, but go ahead. We're looking for Avid Centers hosting the what? movie from 1927. Did I get the... Avid's called... Network. Avid's Network is hosting the movie. 
The movie, <clears throat> Deep Breath. Sunrise. Sunrise, a song of two humans. And speaking as fellow humans, that's a very normal human movie title. I don't know why people think I'm an alien, but I think that's very human. <laughs> that's it's awkward. We... It's awkward. It's awkward. It's from 1927, a golden year as the public domain law makes movies from 1927 open to the public. Public domain is free. Hey, we could do shit all with this movie. It's now in the public discourse. Carl, you watched and researched this entire movie several times. I feel very sorry for you, but it's going to make it a very entertaining show as our audience scrambles to their YouTube to figure out how to get to, excuse me, Sunrise, a Sunrise, Song of Human Tunes, Avid Avid's. Avid's Network. And that is, go ahead, find all that jumble jumble, hit the link, hit pause, move it to zero zero. We're going to give you a breath. We have a special treat. Carl has found a celebrity comedian. Yeah. And the celebrity comedian is going to do a celebrity comedian countdown right. to start our movie. Yes. We'll learn about this comedian. We're going to laugh with this comedian. And then we're going to press go when that comedian says three, two, one, go. Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with PJ Morin. Welcome, PJ. Hello, hello. Hey, dude, Paul. One of the things I love about you on stage is you're always the best-dressed man in the room. You are always wearing a tux when you get up there. Where is this coming from? I I just I like it I I I I liked it I had the tux like I I own this this isn't a rental and mm -hmm. I was like I want to do something with it so when I started doing shows I I have yet to do a show not in a tuxedo Terrific. every single every single show it's a tuxedo five minutes five minute little spot on a Tuesday night sure tuxedo twenty minute spot on a Saturday night also yes all the time. So People must make comments about it. What kind of what, what do people have to say to you? Uh, what's it called? It's it's funny. I'll, it's usually at least once a show. Someone's like, "Oh, so it was like this your thing?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's my thing." I I would say that's just what I say. I'm like, "Yeah, this is just the thing I do. I like it." Yeah. Uh, actually, the the story behind the tux is so I was thrifting with um with, with an old friend of mine a while ago, and I just found it. I wasn't looking for a tux. It was like thirty six mm -hmm. bucks. For the jacket and pants, and it's Banana Republic. Yeah, I looked it up. It was like like both pieces like off the rack were like six hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for thirty six pounds, you. Got, I, I got a full tuxedo. It's terrific. You went. You weren't even looking. It found you. Well, um, thank you, Carl. One of the great things I love about you on stage is your impressions. You do presidents, and so uh, you do Ice T. You do Trump. So. Were, before you became a comedian, were you doing these accents and now you bring them to the stage? Or is it since you've been a comedian, you said, I, I should do impressions? Uh, so it is uh, the first one. So for years before I ever started actually doing comedy, I always did impressions. Because, like, I've always wanted to do comedy. Like, I always loved, like, growing up, I loved Jack Black. You yeah, know? yeah. Just, just his, his, his energy, like Robin Williams. I loved their energy. And then I would see Robin Williams do impressions. I'm like, oh, that's funny. And I think the first impression I ever did, I was, or the first one that I remember, I always did accents. Like, uh, I, I've done an Australian accent for years. Yes. I, I actually worked at a bakery for two Australian people. And so they <laughs> would, so they, they were the sweetest old people. It was this, this guy named Rob and this lady named Lou. It was up in Stamford, Connecticut at Cobb's Bread. 
Uh-huh. And she was the sweetest. She she would correct my Australian. She'd be like, no, no, that sounds a little South African, sweetie. Say it like <laughs> this. So I've even gotten professional tips on my stuff. But yeah. uh, the first so impression I remember. Here. Yeah, no, she she helped me with it. It, it. it was good beforehand, but now it's like passable. Like I, I've gone up to people in public with the impression. And they're like, oh, like, I believe you. This is Australian. <laughs> But Australian people, they uh, they pick they pick it apart. They're because there's like five different kinds of like Australian accents. Yeah, that's subtle like that. I'm kind of a combo of all of them, and if you're not Australian, you don't recognize it. You're like, oh, that's Australian. That's just the one thing. But if right. you're Australian, like, no, no, you sound like you're from fucking Melbourne, dude. You don't sound like a regular <laughs> Australian. I'm like, oh, my bad, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the first impression I remember doing was. I think I was in I was a sophomore in high school and I said um uh you know you know the EA Sports logo? Yes, yes, EA I know the logo. EA Sports. It's in the game. And that was the first thing I did and people were like, "Whoa, man, that sounds just like it." And so I just kept doing more and more and more and more. I started doing SpongeBob people and then COVID hit and I was like what am I what else am I going am I going to do with my time? So that's mm-hmm. where my Trump and my Obama really grew. Was like COVID. Yep. Now, you recently had a string of guest spots at Scotty's. I think it was like three in a row. Talk yes. about that experience. What was it like uh, for you up there? They loved you each night. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, what's it called? For the first one I did, it was just it was a five-minute guest spot. Uh, I went through some of my cleaner material. And then this past week, I did – so. I, I excuse me. I, I, I went a little further. I was like – I'll test the waters with these. And it went over well. Yeah. Uh, But uh, one thing that I did learn is I find that, you know, having to be clean, I can do it. And it was nice to be like, oh, wow, I can do a clean set. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For five minutes. You did eight (laughs) minutes uh, the other two nights. And I just, Gene was really impressed and I enjoyed it, you know. Well, thank you. you. I, 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 I tried my darndest. Yeah. And you were great doing the announcements uh, when Gene was out. So that was that, that was fun. That was the first time I ever did announcements, and so, the people seemed to like it. They absolutely did. And uh, well, enough said. PJ, how can people find you out there on social media, on the internet, YouTube, whatever you've got cooking? Uh, Instagram and TikTok are both at the PJ Morin. Actually, it's just the way my name is on the screen, the PJ Morin. Gotcha. Uh, I believe my Twitter is the same on YouTube. It's just PJ Morin, and the profile picture is a picture of me doing this. <laughs> I've seen it. Just, just just to help you for reference, if you're looking for the channel, I have like a few uh, sketch comedy videos up there. Like, um, uh, it, it's like the Eric Andre show if there was no production value to it. <laughs> kind of like, I guess, if I had to compare mm-hmm. it to something. Uh, what else I got? Yeah, that's about it. I have a show coming up uh, this Friday, the 27th. It's called Serially Funny. Uh, my buddy Vin, he's producing it. Uh, Vin Baker. He, yeah, Vin Baker. Um, he's producing it. I think his Instagram is uh, Vin Baker Comedy. Uh, he's producing it. It's um, uh, all the proceeds are going towards uh, donating food uh, to the homeless, specifically uh-huh. cereal. Uh, they've already raised over like three thousand boxes of cereal, yeah, that's right. and that figure yeah. is as of like three weeks ago. So I assume they've gotten more. Yeah, but yeah. it's a it's it's a it's a noble charitable fun show to do. Uh, I'm hosting Chip Ambrosio's headlining. You yeah. know Chip, sure. Uh, we've had him on. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a fun time. So 
if you want to come, come on down to the show. That's what I got coming up. Okay, now, PJ Morin, everyone at home is poised to press play at the same time we do here in the studio. So everyone at home is going to kick it off with your countdown, PJ Morin. So why don't you go ahead, PJ Morin, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian. For that celebrity community countdown. I don't listen to them until the broadcast, and I look forward to it. Can you not hear me, Carl? I can't hear the music. Oh, I, I have it at 23. Yeah, well, it is 2023. That is appropriate. No, I don't know no, the volume here at the studio. Oh, oh. oh. All right, here we go. This is original from an original theme, scenario, theme. Is it, are these screenwriting words? Yeah, it's a short story. It's a short story. And they called it a theme back in the day. You might remember um, in Christmas Story, this the, the teacher was like, I want you all to write a theme. And they groan. It means okay. short story. What does scenario by mean? Well, there was a short story called The Excursion to Tilsit. I don't know. I don't know. The excursion to Tilsit. And that is the premise behind, you know. 1920 the, copyright. You know. No way anymore. No, ah, not yeah. Screw you, Fox Screw you, copyright. Yeah. Copyright Fox Corporation. Oh, I'm crying at the studio. Fox Film Corporation. Because now it's a, I lost my movie. Everyone's seeing. It's, it's the, the man. Do people have names? The manicure girl? Now, look, yep. it's important to hear the music. This was an important film for music. You see, this was the first film to have m movie tone. It's called Sound on Film. So this isn't the plunkety plunkety piano music. It's intentional score to go exactly along with the movie, including sound effects. Uh, this is a song of the man of his wife is no place in every place. You might hear it everywhere. I'm done, Carl. I'm out of here. No, no, no. This is worth it. This is good. You, sir, has offended me. Okay, comma. What's the rest of this? For wherever the sun rises and sets in the city's turmoil or under the open sea of the farm, life is very much the same. Sometimes bitter. Sometimes, sometimes sweet. Look, look, uh, hang with it. It will, it will, it will be good. No, I mean, I mean, Are we give, done it with this? give it a chance. Don't be done with this film. Oh, look now, at this. Look, yeah. Now that watch is cool. Turn into real life. Check it out. <gasps> wow. That six-year-old drawing turned into yeah. real life. No, this film is a big deal and very famous, and it has many innovations. Believe it or not, that was one of the first times that something like that was ever done. Now you hear the chit 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 of the train? Yeah, I do. I'm scared. Piano. I'm lowering the volume in the studio just so I can hear you, Carl. But I'm I'm happy to to raise it fully in the studio apartment. Uh oh, those trains are going to hit each other. Now what they did there was they would film, but Sexy cover ladies. one side of the film over, and then they would put the film back in, rewind it all the way, and cover the other side. So they would have two images literally on the film. It wasn't like done in post, done in editing. And there was a Siamese twin. No, not Siamese, identical evil twin, excuse me, with a goatee on the other side. 
saying, yes. no, I'm yes. you. Mm. Remember those movies? No. What? Where, they, where someone would meet their identical evil twin brother, and oh. they would do it by having like a line in the middle of the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yes, I do know what you're talking about. Yes. Now, here we have a nice village. Right. Um, Here's Papa okay. Smurf. Now, in real life, this was out in California, um, and they spent a lot of money. It was Lake Arrowhead, California, and they spent a lot of money to make the set, to make a little fake village. That's cool. So beforehand, they really wouldn't do that. Okay, here we go. Among the vacationists was a woman, woman of the from city. the city. She's a big deal now. Several weeks have passed since of now. Now they speed up the placards. Well, what it's saying is she's been there a little too long. Something must be keeping her here because her vacation should have been over about a week ago. Oh, she fell in love. She's preggies. She fell in sex. She fell in sex. Yes. And she's going to try to lure her sex captor to the city. Good idea. Bring Not to be it. a farm boy anymore. She's bringing back the towels and the sex boy from the hotel. <laughs> Damn. Her name in real life is Margaret Livingston. And um, Livingstone, Margaret Livingstone. Ah, that's an, that's an oxymoron. Okay, no, no, I'm sorry. It's Margaret Livingston, sometimes credited as Marjorie Livingstone. Interesting. I don't know. I like how that table is slanted so the old lady can drink her soup in peace. <laughs> they don't like her. She's like a pushy, bossy lady. Shine shine her shoes. Yeah. What? Ridiculous. She made over 50 silent films, and uh, I don't know. She was one of the few people who made a successful transition to sound, and she was with um, a film called Smart Money was a big deal. Edward G. Robinson, James Cagney. She used to uh, dub women's voices, uh, starlets' voices. She had a good career. Let me ask you a question about this film. I had seen it years ago. There's The music is synced up with the movie, but there's no talking in this film? Right. There is no talking because they couldn't really pull that off. However, a month later, the jazz singer would pull it off. Which is also in the public domain, a 1927 movie. Yeah, I just wish it was on YouTube. That would be great. Yeah. Although, I don't know. My Jewish side hates that movie. Okay. Your Jewish side. Tell me. Yeah. I don't know anything except blackface. Well, so he is a uh, son of a rabbi. You've seen The Simpsons. It's the same storyline. You know how Krusty the Clown has a rabbi father? And I, he wanted... know. I know you know every Simpsons episode. I'm right. way behind you. Okay, so Jackie Mason played his father, who's uh, Herschel Krasowski, rabbi, okay. and he wants his son to, to be a rabbi. And he doesn't. He wants to entertain. He wants to be a clown. That's the theme of that. Oh, the yes. I, actually, I guess I did know that. So the jazz singer is that he's a cantor. He's the son of a rabbi, and he should be singing. He has a beautiful voice, but right. he should be singing, you know, going to services and singing at the synagogue. He would rather take a go at entertainment, which at the time was putting on blackface. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I saw the jazz singer with Neil Diamond from 1979. I think it, they cleaned it up a bit, as it were. He's very Jewish, the jazz singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello, Jewish. Okay. Now, 
the woman gets all, the woman from the city gets all dressed up and starts taking an innocent stroll until she comes to outside one of these nice cottages and she starts whistling and that whistle is a signal to the sex guy sex guy inside he's hearing it he hears oh, the whistle he hears the whistle now wife has prepared nice dinner it's time to sit down with nice family Baby oh he has wife, wife. oh yeah wife and now mistress well, yes, he now has a mist. Oh, now look, she sees the shadow, and she, yeah. and he goes over there, and she goes okay. Yeah, that's look at her butt shake as she whoop whoop whoop. I am looking, Carl. Thanks for pointing that out. I am Just... going to get some. She is really well dressed, uh, for yeah. the style of you know the twenties and and for, for four people, dresser. four people in that farm, and one of them had a shiner shoes. <laughs> it was part of her like staying there like they feed her they it wasn't out of the ordinary back then like to do little chores for your guests you know okay that's a very uh weird chore <laughs> why you, shine my oh. you can leave your shoes outside the door that's what they do at the marriott now look she comes out gee whiz lost my husband gee whiz gee whiz i made him soup Got he's, bread here? He's banging that city girl. Oh, we'd never say banging in 1927. They uh, are knowing each other. They are Dagwood and blonding each other. What do you think of her hair? Much better hair day than, than mine. <laughs> no, the big, that, this woman, her name's Janet Gaynor, and she was famous, and... She was wearing a wig to try to make her look less sexy because she has this great black flowing hair. And it was a kind of, I wouldn't say controversy, uh, but people didn't like it. They wanted to see Jane. Yeah, they Janet. wanted to see the same. I paid good money to watch uh, State of the Art. So where's the pretty woman? Okay, now here is a memory of when things were good. Now look, the baby you'll find out is pretty much looks the same age. So to me, I thought to myself, yeah, this it looks like they Tuesday. were happy like yesterday. Yeah, last Wednesday. Come on, oxen. They used to be like children, carefree, always happy and laughing. Yeah, you just told me that, old lady. <laughs> now he ruins himself for that woman from the city. Money lender stripped the farm. Uh-oh. Yeah, things are going downhill over in uh, nice village land. Nice village land. You got these city women coming up, taking her husbands. Look, uh -huh. he's selling the oxen for dirt cheap. Yeah, okay. I'll give you a nickel. Listen, Ollie, I'll give it to you free. Really? Yes, Ollie, Ollie. Oxen I'll free. free. <laughs> you just no. said that. You just said that. Oh, no, and the wife sits alone. It's... Yeah. Yeah, she keeps repeating herself. Yeah. Now, this director, his name was F.W. Murnau. Yes. He was from Germany. He was an expressionist. He hated the title cards. So I guess they must have shot this in sequence. I'm not really sure. But by the end of the film, there's like no title cards anymore. Maybe he edited it that way. He's like, fuck this shit. What's to hate, though? Here's Baby again. And this baby in real life was a guy named Jerry Craycroft. Who we know hardly anything about. He's eight months year, eight months old here. Wow. He, they found his social security death index. He died. He was born in twenty six, which makes sense. Right, makes sense. And he died in February twenty seven of two thousand. So that baby wow. came and went. 
for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now we're going out to the sexiest location for a sex tryst. The middle of the swamp. Doing it fog style. Foggy style. Mm -hmm. Foggy now style. <laughs> now this passed the National Board of Review, which means we're not going to get sex. We're going to get kisses and hugs. I never understood the whole pre-code Hayes office, but at a certain point, movies became less sexy. Yeah, you see, the 20s was an era, era, of you know how it goes like liberal conservative liberal it always flips yeah in the 20s they were very loose about sex drugs was everywhere you know pot cocaine heroin and um you know you would have multiple sexual partners these flapper girls that all changed as we headed into the 40s and 50s and turned back into conservatives this was a time of ruffian sexian I have a question for you, Carl. I know that in 1927, the, the uh, first Academy Award went to a movie called Wings. Exactly, yeah. Which was a world show. Yeah, it was is in the public domain now. It's a World War I movie. Does World War I play a factor in this film? No, it does not. Okay. Now, our hero was in World War One and World War Two. He was a big deal in the military. He was even recommended for Admiral, like some obnoxious wow. amount of times. Yeah. Okay, now, look, here we have the cheating. Yes. So we see wife and fidelity with baby, and then we see infidelity with mistress. Tell me, are you all mine? And he's like, well, well I'm fucking yeah. married. Do you mean like literally a mine or like the word? Well, oh, never mind. I'm overthinking. I wonder, you know how we see these kisses in the 20s films? I wonder yeah. off screen in real life, are they really doing that stupid kissing too? You know what I mean? Like, like they violently jerk forward and push against each other. She's, she's kissed his Adam's apple like twice. <laughs> it's weird. And my wife. She goes, listen to what she says now. This is the woman from the city. And this is very film noir. Oh, you got to kill your wife and take like the money? Couldn't she, she get drowned? Drowned. <laughs> now, he doesn't like that. He does not like... Oh, look, look. Ooh, See, look at that. I'm serious now. This film did a lot of cinematic innovations. Yeah. It was considered one of the look, best... Look, we get to involved. visualize it. This is pretty cool. Me! <laughs> Overturn the boat! That's all! This is going to look like an accident and come over and have sex with in the city. Look, he's choking no. her. Now... Wow, she's like bananas, safe word. <laughs> right. I just read this great tweet. Um, oh, yeah? My safe, yeah. My safe word is meatloaf because I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. Good it's one. a really great tweet. I wish I had thought that up. Albert Einstein wrote it. Leaving this all behind. Come to the city. How about we just come in this marsh? Come, come to the, to the city. <laughs> Oh, look, there's the city right behind. This is cool. Now, listen, I'm serious. People watching this film in the theaters were blown away by the beautiful expressionist. Now, all this they made, it cost 200 grand, which wow. was a lot back then. Yeah. In 1927 money, that was like $200,000. And they spent all that money on making these fake sets. Oh. We're doing it again. You see the yeah. superimposition? You can see the guy's hand on the right side, kind of. 
covering. And, well, it's cool. They would take a, they would they would go to the camera, block out half of the film, shoot, rewind it, block out the second half of the film, and shoot over the same footage again, and the result would be both images on screen. It this is now watch this dance out. This is how much fun you'll have. Look. Yeah, we got big bands like playing. Fun. Looks like idiocy. Stop shaking it. There you go. Put your <laughs> hand right there. Wow. Could be still your moneymaker. Be still <laughs> thy moneymaker. Anything, there's no um there's like no 28-day cycle of the moon. It's always full in this movie. Always. The director I know from Nostradamu, right? The, yeah, the... I was going to... we Nosferatu, which we Nos... saw in this film. Uh, so we saw in this podcast. What, Did when you I... see that one? I don't recall, Carl. Yeah, Nosferatu. Yeah. That was a All great right. episode. All right. It was very creepy, that film. They really cast the right Dracula dude because he... Yeah, looked he looked totally... Like, he didn't look emaciated or something, but... Okay, oh, that, so, that Dracula dude shows up in Rob Zombie's The Monsters. They have a character dressed just like him. Uh-huh. Well, that makes homage. sense. Homage. Yeah. Now, green grow, the rushes grow, uh, which yes. you can never even say. It can't even come out of your mouth. Your green grow, the rushes grow yes. by no. R.E.M. Not by R.E.M. <laughs> anyway, those rushes, she's saying, will act like a life preserver. So he packs them up into a sort of bundle, right? And then when he capsizes the boat, he'll use that to float and he can, you know, be safe. He can, so they will get used, but not for the evil purpose we're thinking of. Okay, cool. Because this man loves his wife, right? He's not really going to go with it through this. Yes, he loves his wife. He's just bored with his wife. And somebody, you know, like... A woman comes along with sex, sex, sex. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember sex. I remember that. Right, sure. So he wants to go for the sex. But he has baby and child. Now, when she says kill your wife, he's like, no, no, no. And then she's like, but don't forget my vagina. And he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. I guess I'll have to do it. Let me hug it again. Uh, yeah, let me kiss. <laughs> Violently throw my face at your bag. Yeah. We saw that, right? Okay. <laughs> yes, we did. Okay, does this does this guy have this animal have a speaking part, Carl? No, this animal was hoarse that day, so he <laughs> didn't get to have this. It wasn't because it was a, a, a it wasn't a talkie. Yeah, he was a, a big horse. He's hidden the rushes. Now look, you see, they have a two kid. separate beds. Right. Why? Yeah, they're poor. Can't they just get one, sell one? Now, look, in the 50s, when you saw Fred and Ethel, no, when you saw I Love Lucy, they had yeah. their two separate pets. But that was because TV came around at the time of this conservative. You never saw Fred and Ricky in the same bed. They always slept in separate beds. <laughs> in separate... <laughs> Ethel and, and uh, Lucy. Yeah. Well, you know, they were not allowed to say the word pregnancy. Yeah. He was pregnant with little Ricky. It was the biggest episode in television history at the yes, time. Yes, yes. You know, and uh, cover TV guide, but they weren't allowed to say the word pregnancy. What I'm saying is this is a much more liberal time of open sex, drugs, and jazz. It wasn't rock and roll. It was jazz, and jazz was a corrupting factor. So why would they be in two separate beds in this? 
I mean, the national film. I mean, she's sexing the lady in the swamp. She He can't kiss his wife. I don't know. Right. That's true. Like, if he misses the passion, he could. So he's sitting there and he's thinking, am I really going to do this? And he's going over the scenario. We'll be in the boat. I will choke her and make her drown. And I'm really going to do this. I always mix this movie up with another movie called Sunrise from, uh, uh, I think Dev Patel's in it. It's Danny Boyle, the director Danny Boyle, right? Uh, Train Spotting. He made a science fiction movie about astronauts flying to the sun, and it's a three hour movie. Oh, wait. I I think uh, that's a song of two melters, meltings. No, wait. Yes. It's a song of two. It's a ship of two melt. Okay. Right, but this movie has a full title, and the other movie is just Sunrise. Now, look. Oh, creepy. He knows he went out with her wig and everything. She knows he went out and, uh, you know, had a little swamp swamp sex. Yeah. But she swamp still thing. loves him. Swamp thing. <laughs> She's got that swamp thing in his hand. So this director was – this is his first American – his film debut. Now, even though this film was highly, highly praised, it didn't do well at the box office. So for this next couple films, they sort of reined him in creatively. Like uh, something that's going to sell. But he did Nosferatu in 1922. Uh, he did The Last Laugh in 24, which I don't know. I heard that's a good movie, girl. Right. That's why they're highlighting it. He's heavily influenced by uh, Schopenhauer, Nietzsche, Shakespeare, and Isbin plays. Whatever. He's a very good doctor, uh, a friend of director Max Reinhardt. Now, he, does, he died from injuries he sustained during an automobile accident. And the same thing is true for Janet Gaynor. She had a car accident, and it led to her death, too. That's too bad. Yeah. But not our hero. He was tickled to death. I got to give a thumbs up to Avid's uh, network for a great print. I saw this movie years ago, and I could barely see it. Yeah, there was a fire. There was, uh, was a famous fire in 1937 called the Fox Vault Fire. It was in uh-huh. Little Ferry, New Jersey. Really? They would get all... Well, you know, before California, Jersey was the place to make it. was the place, yeah. It was a sort of leftover from that time, which was only about 10 years earlier. But the thing is, the film... Like, the film would decay, and gas... You know, gas would come out of the decaying films, and there were high temperatures and inadequate ventilation, and there was spontaneous combustion. This film went up in flames with uh, so many treasures... 20th century Sun. Fox, yeah. Sunburnt. Well, I guess like Men- Menlo Park was a big uh, yes, film well, shot, shot. That was when films were just born. Yeah. Well, because it's Edison. Edison, you know. Um, I saw Abbott and Costello meets the Keystone Cops. They get tricked into buying a studio in New Jersey, uh, <laughs> which is really? worthless. Yeah. That's funny. And they wind up going to New York. Uh, this is during the the early, you know, early part of the century. So it's a period piece. They go to Hollywood and they meet uh, Mac Bennett and the Keystone Cops. And I, I think that was a jump the shark kind of one. Now look, it was at like it was the third to last movie they did. So at that point, now he's like, "Would you please come on a sort of date with me? We'll go out on the boat." And she's all happy, like maybe I'm getting my husband back. 
Oh, right. It's for s- would terrible you like to reasons. Join me on the sex boat. <laughs> the love boat. There he is. His first acting career. Little J- Jerry Craycroft. Uh, it's going to sue. We're going for a trip across the water. I may not be back. There was an article in uh, a paper called the Decanter Review, dated December 26, 1926, that reported, Eight-month-old Jerry Craycroft is making a name for himself in the movies. He will be seen in Fox Picture Sunrise with Janet Gaynor and George O'Brien. George O'Brien is the military hero. Right. He is, I don't know that he was officially a hero, but he was a big deal in the military, that's for sure. Wow. Uh, Okay, so... In 1917, O'Brien enlisted in the U.S. Navy to fight World War I, serving as a submarine chaser. He volunteered to act as a stretcher bearer for wounded Marines. He was decorated for bravery. Yeah, he's a brave guy. Um, After the war, he became a light heavyweight boxing champion of the Pacific Fleet because he was still in the Army. Okay, then he was in movies. He went in 1920, he went to Hollywood, but he wanted to be a cameraman. And he, he got jobs doing camera work for... I don't know. Tom Mix and Buck Jones. We're supposed to know those names. I know Tom Mix. Oh, you do you? Yeah, it's a fictitious Western hero at a serial. Bruce Bruce Willis played him as a real life character in the Blake Edwards movie Sunset. Oh, uh, interesting. I don't want to get in the mix with him. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't there like a, a, no, I'm thinking of Tom Swifties. During this time, there was a word pun where... Tom Swifty would say something, and then he would say it in a certain way, like an adjective that would be a play on it. So uh-huh. he will say, "I have regrets." Tom Swifty said, "Regrettedly, you know that type of thing." <laughs> I get you. Uh, yeah. Give me that knife," said sharply. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Now, getting on the boat, but for some reason, the dog who's a German Shepherd. Thank you, director. The dog <laughs> knows something's up. I don't know how the dog would know. And she's like, he's like saying to the wife, you're not safe. Don't go out there on the boat. What's that German lassie? Ruff, ruff. (laughs) German Timmy fell down a well. Ruff. Okay, his name is Timmy. I'm sorry, but he is German. So World War II came around and, you know, O'Brien, George O'Brien, you know, he was a big famous star, but he was like, fuck that. My country needs needs me. Yeah. He was decorated several times in the Pacific. He left with the rank of commander. Now, years later, he joined the U.S. Navy Reserve, retired with the rank of captain in 1962. Four times been recommended for the rank of admiral. Pretty admirable. He <laughs> said <nice>. admirably. <laughs> <laughs> well, get swift. You said Tom that Swifty very swiftly. Oh, I'm talking about myself, Tom Swift. He said swiftly. One thing interesting, um, his last leading role was 1951 movie called Gold Raiders. It was with the Three Stooges. God bless. He did action sequences, and the Three Stooges, of course, did. Okay, so the dog hops in, like, please don't get killed on a boat. He was leased to the tree. He had a doghouse he was leased to, and he's like, ruh row. Removed (laughs) the lease, got into the water. But the man, George O'Brien, will have none of it. I'm killing this woman, and I can't have a dog getting in my way. Is he going to kill the dog? Wait, hang on. Don't answer it. I'm going online. (laughs) Does Does the dog dog die? die? 
I wonder if it would have this. Dear Lord, like who's that sensitive? <laughs> I take that back. There's a lot of movies from the 20s where they just beat the shit out of animals. We, I, I love Rin Tin Tin. Yeah. The action sequence is him fighting a man, which means a man is punching a dog for your viewing. Yeah, for real, yeah. yes. Yeah. Now, look, look at her. She Something's wrong, and she's starting to feel it. Yeah. Why is he going and getting the dog and bringing it back? She's about to get out of the boat, but then she says, no, he loves me. He just wants to have a boat ride. Look at that hat. I loved her in Mars Attack. <laughs> Very good. She's the brains of the family. <laughs> she shows them off. Gorgeous <laughs> eyes, right? Like, beautiful, beautiful shot. She's, well, that's she's what the director was trying to do. The director was trying to take away her sexiness and and give us her niceness. Like, yeah, you love her for her, not for her booty. Because we're supposed to love the woman from the city for her booty. Now you hear the bell. This is an yeah. sound effect from the movie well, tone. Normally, if a movie, silent movie is in the public domain, I don't like playing the music because it's usually a modern version. It's not technically part of it. But this is the original music. This is the original music, and it's not that plunkety, plunkety piano. Not that plunkety. Where <laughs> you got the bells going. He is pretty innovative. I mean, The only time I like that plunkety piano is when I know the song. Like, Remember the little rascals you get used to that? Yeah, then I would want to hear the. No, the worst is when they over try. <laughs> like we saw that in the Buster Keenan movie where they were simulating scenes from silent movies. Right. Where musical cues. So if he's tired, it goes, go to sleep. Da -da. Right. You know, he wakes up to Reveille. Uh, he gets an erection and, you know, some other music played. Da -da 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 charred you know whatever like yes everything is synced to a musical cue there's no bananas in the house oh yes there is a banana <laughs> everyone's watching the film they can't see i just yanked out a banana that's right uh and i don't mean out of my pants i meant a snack for uh the show do you know who the first you know why eve was the first carpenter carl eve yeah. No, no. What? She made Adam's banana stand. <laughs> I learned that at church. Look, look, he's 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 rowing all depressed and overacting that he has guilt about what much. he's about to do. <clears throat> he's he pressing looks... himself up for the murder. And she knows it. She knows it. Yeah. She knows it. She's nowhere to go. Carl, is this what you look like as a teenager, surly, bent over like that? <laughs> no, I was a little round boy. Oh. <laughs> I did not look like this. This was me. Like, they would say, Mike, you okay? You look like you want to murder somebody. Yeah, yeah. I remember that from uh, the drug juice on uh, Fish Burgers. You had a look in your eye like you wanted to kill me. And you did. We I saw it in the shadow, uh, the choking. Carl, to be fair, I drank the. I had the drug juice. And yeah, I drank I, the drug juice. I knew Carl had the drug juice. I knew I Carl had the drug juice. Yeah. Now look Let's at see. this. I don't know. Like today, we think this was horrible. If you saw a film like this today, you'd be like, "There's some horrible acting." But back then, it was still like a stage play, but on screen. Now she's like, this, "Please don't fucking kill me. I'm wearing a wig here." Yeah. The wig will get all watery, waterlogged. Looks like He's, someone cut his tie. 
Well, you have to do that when you work in the farm because yeah, your tie will you get do it. stuck yeah. in the thresher. Yeah, when you're on the fa- farm, you got to have a short tie or it'll get stuck into corn. corn I saw another movie where a guy has snipped his tie and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, he's working in an industrial something. It makes sense. Like he didn't want it in the food or whatever. Yeah, well, how about not wearing a tie? But okay, now look yeah. at that boat's kicking ass. He's like, I'm not doing it. I changed my mind. Let's go home. And she I is can't really- see fast. Row, row, row your boat. Your turn. I can't. I can't catch up. Slow down. Uh, merely, merely, merely. Gently down the stream. Not like a bat out of hell. <laughs> right. Gently, gently. Now watch him navigate, right? Yeah, only he's doing the left, left or. He's going straight. Now he'll do only the right. And he navigates himself perfectly. It's a man who knows how to sail. That's this movie right is so oaring. Oaring. This movie so oaring. <laughs> Uh, oh, phew. Lasso that let tree. me help you out. And she's like, fuck you. Fuck you. You tried to kill me in the Yeah, water. you tried to kill me. I don't want to die. <laughs> I'll hide behind this tree. And he's right behind like, Menlo Park. Don't be scared of me. I changed my mind. I said I was going to kill you, but I just, I'm not doing it anymore. I always complain silent movies are always shot in the forest. Now, why, if he hates the movie's titles, why put in Don't Be Afraid of Me? Clearly, that's what he's saying. He probably, I don't know, I never, was there title oh, cards? Clearly, look the, at all those fall colors. Uh, yeah, it must be fall. Oh, God, can you imagine? Now, oh. what's this? It is a train to the city. So Perfect she hops on to escape, but the train's not like, oh, we got to hurry up, a murderer's coming. No, he's just casual. So he it's, gets to hop on board, and now she's stuck. This is awkward. No money is exchanged with the uh, driver, by the way. This is a cool trolley, man. I didn't realize they had something like this. Yeah, like I said, this is... um, uh, wh- What did I say? It's... Um, darn it, darn it. I just said, what did I say? Here it is. It is Lake Arrowhead, California, and they right. spent money to build all this. That includes this train. So cool. Uh, production designer Rochus Gleese. I got to tell you, Mike, this is one of those films where you look up everybody's name and you don't know anything that they've done, even though they've done a million things. I think, yeah. That's interesting. Well, you you had a lot on this lead actor, which is fascinating, and and on her as well, and the director. I mean, those are probably the three people people remember. Okay, well, that's a great example. Like, George O'Brien, I'm looking through it, and he did this film, he did that film, he did, you know, the, the finger up the nose in winter. Like, you just, all these films you never heard of. But then I find out his father was chief of police in San Francisco, and wow. he was the one who ordered the arrest of Fatty Arbuckle from that famous 1921 yeah, uh, Victoria Rappé. Yes. yes. So it's like, that's the kind of fact I'm pulling out for the actor, because now we're in context, at least. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's the that kind of trivia is what kind of lingers. You know, you're not going to say, oh, my God, that's the guy with finger up my nose during the winter. <laughs> this is all a set that they made of the city. The they spent 200, built- I already told you. Yeah, so that trolley must have been, they must have built the track. Yep. No, they did. They did. This whole set we're seeing, it looks exterior. It's not. It's interior. You see the sun yeah. shining on the town. They did all this. Wow. All those extras, man. Why not it's... just go to a city? That's a good question. Why not? 
I guess it's just not a controlled environment. They knew this guy was an expressionist who had famous films like Nosferatu. And they said, all right, let's just, let's try him out. Let's make an expressionist film. We'll spend the money. They didn't shoot it in Toronto because Canada did not exist back then. That was not until 1948, right? Were they still under English rule? When was Canada? It was like, it was recent, like 2002 or something like that, when they became a country? No. You mean they were a commonwealth? I think that's right. Yeah, when did that maple leaf flag come about? Okay, now, the chasing is over because he's helping her across the street and sort of saving her and making her safe. So she's still not cool, but she's not going to run anymore. She's a country mouse, Carl, in the big city. She got on she got on the train to run away, and the director's trying to show us a contrast from like the woman was like, Come t- kill your wife, come to the city and have fun with me. So now we're seeing, yeah, you can have fun in the city, and you can even have fun with your wife. With your wife, you don't have to kill her. Right, you don't have to kill her. Controversial at the time. Now, this is a dining room. But the waiter, waitress doesn't come around. You go into the shop, buy the things you like, and then, look, he takes the seat for her. It shows that, okay, she's going to be cool, but she's still very scared. It's a very weird moment. I mean, he did try to kill her and then yes. followed her to the city. Yes, he did. He He tried to kill her, then he pursued her to say, don't be scared of me. But if someone's running after you, it's pretty scary. Would you guys like some cod herring or whatever we eat in the 20s? Five cents. <laughs> well, it's like danishes and stuff. It's like baked good. So, you ever look at a menu from 1920, though? It's weird. Like, what? what's weird about it? They would have, like, beans or, I don't know, the sides would be, like, they'd have, like, shrimp cocktails, of course, for nickel and, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, just a little over-exuberance of stuff. Now, here, one more time, we'll see her softening. Because he's like, okay, here's some food. And she's like, reluctantly takes it. It's like every step of the way, she's opening up a little more, being a little less scared of him. Come on, eat the Rice Krispie. Look how much he got. That's a lot of Rice Krispie bars. (laughs) Come on, try this. It hasn't even been invented yet. It's called a Rice Krispie. (laughs) It's with marshmallows. Oh, I've heard of marshmallows. Now look, you mean pig suey? Eye contact. Yeah. And she's still like, what the fuck is going on with you? Okay, I'll eat a crack. I'm scared to eat it. I won't eat all of it. I'll just eat snap and crackle. I'll spare what pop. Is it? is it a, it's a cake? I guess, yeah. Fruit cake. Look at her crying. It's terrible. One yeah, star. this tastes horrible. <laughs> this was a terrible selection. There was no baking powder in it. It's uneven. He feels guilty. He never wanted to kill her. I mean, he said, okay, I'm going to try to do it. And he just couldn't do it. And now he's trying so hard. I'll have he's just wrapped with guilt. Uh, like this, 1924, O'Brien received his first starring role in the drama called The Man Who Came Back with the English Actress. No, no, no. The Man Who Came Back. The Man Who right. Came Back. That's like, I never heard of that. I was thought the film was, I even got the title wrong. So I You said what? Down. The Man Who Came Back with a British what? Uh, the Man Who Came Back, comma, with the English actress Dorothy McHale. 
That's See, a long I don't know her. I don't know. I don't know. I just wrote down an extremely popular leading man in films. With the advent of sound, O'Brien displayed a strong, con confident voice that remained a leading star of westerns and outdoor adventures. So, wow. the people in the actresses in the actors and actresses in this film did go into sound, but most of them did not. She's like, he's like, here's some flowers because I love you, and she's like, I'm trying to let you love me, but you tried to kill me, and he's like, here's my purse, and you could have a penny. Oh my god! Crying in front of the flower lady. Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting Awkward. closer. We're getting closer. He's buying her flowers. She's loosening. Maybe they got to a flop house. Did. Look, it's two nickels a night. Let's do it. But it's a single bed. No, we're I don't just... think it's a flop house. I think it's a. Ch no, they're not at the church yet. They're going to see a, a wedding happening across the street, and they're going to go in there. And that's when it'll happen. He will completely soften, and she'll say to herself, all right, I guess he's not going to try to kill me. Ooh, look at that horse and carriage. That looks like fun. Spend all out that the money on it. Do you think they'll show their breasts like they do in Surf 2? Remember they're no. driving in the car in the convertible in front of them? No. The girls? Yeah. No, they won't. Now she's like, okay, maybe you're not going to, you know, like maybe I'll forgive you. It's the same of. shot. It's the same people going by. Oh? I think so. I saw the same carriage of ladies that I commented on. Oh, because I didn't notice that. I, 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 okay. Well, keep an eye when they show the city street again. What? Who's the first carriage that goes by? Now look. Oh, the wedding. it's the wedding. And it's so 1920s. Look at their I know, look at that dress and the little girls. Yeah. It's like, let's go to see a wedding. It's okay. Back then they threw bags of rice at the Look couple. at that. It's the same. <laughs> no, it looked a little different to be honest. Yeah, back then they used to throw the rice like still in the bag, but due yeah. to accidents and lawsuits, they switched. They had a it was killing the brain. The brood the brute force hitting the pigeons would kill them in the bags. Hey, uh, are you taking this away? Yeah. <laughs> you're way. taking this abroad uh, to beat a lawful wife, the wedded wife. Okay, so they sit down and watch. Now he is going to break down and cry, and she's going to be like, oh, he has a sensitive side. This was where wedding crashers got their idea. <laughs> Guys, remember Sunrise? Oh, a song of two humans? Yeah, but we don't go to the boring service. We go to the party! The party, oh. Great idea. Like we're crashing it? Exactly. Let's get John McClane involved. God is giving you in the holy bounds of matrimony a trust. She is young and experienced. Guide her and love her. It's um, Grand Moff Tarkin from uh, Star <laughs> Star Trek. Wars. He was. I didn't realize this is what he did beforehand or afterwards. This is after the Star Wars. There was this open micer, and he's like, "We got Star Wars fans in here," and they were like, "Yeah." And he goes, "What's what's your favorite Star Trek Star Wars character?" And I go, um, "Well, I like that Spock." <laughs> I got a bigger laugh than yeah. Wilt thou love her? Fuck yeah! Oh yeah, at least twice a day. So. There you can see she's like, okay, okay, All right. I'll I'll let you smell. 
Yeah, you can be my husband again. Or I'll, I don't know. She loosens up. Now, this guy directed 21 films, but only, I mean, only 12 remain. Eight of them are completely lost. One of them, they no. only have one reel of it. So he his legacy is a little, it was, it's cut in half. He's only got 12 films. Right. Was it was it because of like the way it was stored and disappeared, or was yeah. he one of those film directors that just was too outrageous? No, no, it's just because of you know this was the twenties. That's right. It just got old. Stuff got old, and they didn't know to preserve it. They didn't right. know things were going to go. You know. Now the these this enormous like stylized set cost so much money to build that they they reused it in a bunch of fox films now you see how the bells are going with the tower you know the sound right look he's she's kissing him now saying come on come out of your funk let's be friends oh they're actually kissing yeah so bells now make me horny they are rekindling their love essentially oh. Are they walking out? Yeah, like they're going to throw the rice. <laughs> hey, kill Joyce, not your wedding. Always has to be about you at these weddings. <laughs> <laughs> they're not throwing any bags of rice at this couple. But yeah, it's like the, the, the wedding in which like one sexy girl is dancing out, you know, and the bride is like, I want to be queen for a day. Don't be showing off. Wow, look at this special effect. Right, that's a blue well, uh, green screen. It is. What they did was exactly what you th right. You see how it went in front. Yeah, they're making they're making it seem like they're so in love they don't even care about the traffic. Look what look at that. It's all yeah. because it's a projection screen in front of them, so they switched it. They're walking on a conveyor belt. I love it. I absolutely love it. This film critics loved it. It didn't do well. They really tried to make this film it's it's release a big big day on opening night they had <laughs> the world premiere there were two shorts one was the vatican choir singing and the other was an interview with mussolini wow what a it double feature why yet uh, it was all it. trying to show the new sound system this movie tone so look there we could hear them we can hear them arguing. The crowd noise is cool. Their blind love caused a uh, traffic jam, and that's supposed that, to be fun. That bearded open micer couldn't get to his set on time. <laughs> um, the Jazz Singer 1927 came out October 6th, and this came out September 23rd. Wow. Being the Jazz Singer for this movie tone accompaniment. So it opened at the Times Square Theater September 23, 1927 in New York. Now, we, in the Buster Keaton story, there was a scene where he pulls up to a theater that's showing a new movie called The Jazz Singer. Right. So that and, must have been in October. I, uh, yes. That must have been, a, yeah. Yes. Well, I no, the thing is, the premiere was October. We don't oh. know when... You know, then it hit right the when it started playing the theater. The director didn't want her. She he wanted some woman named Camilla Horn, but uh, this German studio called UFA was like, no, no, we're not loaning her out to you. Why? Right. What's Why? What's in it for us? 
screw off. So then she gets this and she wins an Oscar. It was the first Oscars ever. Very nice. She does a good job. This film didn't w beat Wings, but it took away three awards in the first. Okay, Best Unique and Artistic Picture, which was the second highest award. Outstanding Picture went to Wings. Right. Best Actor in the Leading Role. Best Actor was Thomas uh, Hayden Church for his role in Wings, followed by Steven Weber. Wait, are you doing the sitcom? The sitcom. Um, Okay, she now Janet Gaynor won Best Actress in a Leading Role, but back then it was different. It wasn't for the movie; it was for the actress's work of the year. So she won it for two films. Um, this film, Seventh Heaven, and Street Angel, three films she was in, and she won Best Actress in a for her role year's worth. For How her cool is that? Yeah. They should have an award, like the Rick Moranis Award. The guy who's in six movies one summer. <laughs> yeah, Bill, yeah, Bruce Willis will walk away with that. Yeah, guy. right. Bruce Willis will walk away with it. Um, they also, um, it also won Best Cinematography, which makes sense. Now, there's this other thing I've heard of, but I don't know it very well. It's the Academy of Motion, Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences. You've heard of that, right? Yeah, they have the museum around here. So they made, they gave them, uh, it won an award called Artistic Quality of Production, and that was the only year it was given out, and it was made to recognize this film. Artistic Quality of Production. Ooh. They're like, may we do your hair, ma'am? And she goes, no, it's a wig. No, don't touch my hair. I never... Oh, now holy look, shit. Here's someone who represents Smoking. the girl from the city. Right? Yeah. Real and latex. She's, she's trying to make a buck off of doing a manicure. So look, it's it's jealous. It's a threat. This man no, does need a cure from his lust, and his wife is the cure. He's getting a manicure. He the barber's like whatever. I just want to put a uh, razor to this guy's neck. <laughs> I suspect that the barber is trying to telegraph he's gay, like the, the director. Uh -huh. So she's holding his hand, and he's like, hmm, I kind of like it, but... What was the last time you had a shave like this? Look at him, like, rolling his eyes over... I, I never in my life have had a shave in a barber's chair. I did. I actually, you know what, when I had my beard... I no... I Look, wait... This, she rejects her, and now the wife gets all happy. Oh. Carl, when I had this beard, I, I hated my beard. I'm not yeah. a beard guy, and I yeah. got to get rid of it, and I couldn't do it. I had to go get it shaved off. And, well, uh, you didn't trim it down, and then? No, you know what? Look, I mean, I don't do anything with my hair, so when okay. I have a beard, I have to do nothing with both my hair and my beard. It's just too much effort. I just want to not deal with one thing. You now, know? look at this dude. Yeah, Hachi Machi. Now, later in the film, we will see an act. Look, he's touching her. So we're seeing he is tempted and she is tempted. But of course, she's never tempted. Right. She's like, fuck off. Oh, that's a hot towel. Him. Yeah. Okay. When we were watching The Kid Brother, we saw that guy Flash. His name was Ed in real life is Eddie Boland. He will show up in this film, and I thought it was so neat. 
I don't think that's him, though. Okay. It looks similar, but you'll when you see his face, you'll be like, "Oh, it's him from last film." Was all right. I'm looking well, forward. There was to last it. film, right? Or was no? We did um, Peter Sellers last time. Yeah, last uh, last week was uh, the Ghost of uh, Noon Noonday. Noonday Go- Sun. Wait, Sun. Terrible. Ghost title. in the. Now he's like, "Get back! Someone's threatening my wife." He goes, "Hey, you! Why don't you fuck off, J. Jonah Jameson?" Yeah. Why don't you tell Robbie it's, uh, to stop the presses? Don't try to bang my wife. Don't tell a. Don't go to a Times Square screen and reveal the secret identity of Peter of Spider Man. <laughs> Did you notice in that movie Spider Man where they they go to Times Square and there's a big monitor and it's J Jonah Jameson saying Peter Parker is Spider Man? 